Hello everyone, I am Crystal Grafton Combs, and you're listening to Coffee Talk with Crystal. This podcast is a personal project designed to connect with the women of Alpha Omicron Pi and our greater community of sisters and friends. Sometimes I will answer questions from our sisters, and others I will invite friends and sisters to do the same. This episode is part of a special series as I follow a potential new member through the adventures of formal recruitment in the midst of a global pandemic. As you will hear, I first sat down with Abigail, a family friend, a legacy, and a potential new member when she decided to participate in formal recruitment. She is a freshman at my alma mater, the University of Mississippi, whose Panhellenic community opted for a hybrid recruitment this year. Following each round, I had the opportunity to connect with Abigail to talk about her experience. I think you will agree this series is fascinating. So thank you for listening, and now let's get to my next conversation. Abigail Hartline, welcome to the podcast. Hello. So for people who do not know... You are a potential new member. You are preparing to go to college in the fall and to go through what will be the very first of its kind when it (laughs) comes to formal recruitment. But before we talk about what that's going to look like, I want to go back to who you are and how you decided to make this decision. So first, Abigail, what I will share with people is how I know you. And we were talking a little bit before the podcast. We think now it's been about 11 years since our families first befriended one another. And you were in kindergarten-ish, right? Somewhere around there. (laughs) Yes. And you are one of my four fairy goddaughters, two of whom already are AO Pies, two to go, (laughs) as I fondly say, although I recognize that that may or may not happen as we get ready for fall. Tell me and everyone listening a little bit just about who you are as a person. Okay, so hi, I'm Abigail Hartline. I graduated high school this year, class of 2020. I am going to Ole Miss with a major in biochemistry. Um, I hope to go to med school. Um, and I'm an Aries. Uh, <laughs> You're an Aries. <laughs> okay. I'm a Taurus. Does that not? I don't know what that means. I feel like there's a way to look that up. Definitely look look into it. I I I mean it's you know, but I think it's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> so you graduated with the class of 2020 which means that you haven't actually walked across the stage yet. And the end of your year was a little bit different than anticipated. Talk to me a little bit about that. Right, so um, we found out on a Friday, about an hour before our last class, that we would not be coming back. Um, We didn't know whether or not it was gonna be, whether or not we were gonna be back in time for graduation. You know, we had senior trip to Disney World planned. So we found out that we weren't coming back. We had like an hour to get all of our stuff out of our lockers. And then we moved on to online. All of my friends were shocked. It was kind of, it was like whiplash going from, I took a math quiz the day before I left. I took a calculus quiz and then all of a sudden everything was online. (laughs) So we went on with that. We've managed to have a couple of events online. We did online classes for about a month. 
before I graduated. We have a ceremony set for right now, but you know, with everything that's going on, we don't know if it's, we don't know how that one's gonna work out quite yet, but um, it's not what we expected, but we're working on it. We're working with it. <laughs> Tell me the most challenging part of that as a graduating senior. So for me, it was probably the switch to online classes. Um, I had a really hard time focusing on classes online. I don't know what it was about it, but something about being removed from the actual classroom environment made it a lot harder for me to focus on um, just lectures and stuff like that. And it kind of felt like the last month or so of academics were kind of thrown out. I missed the last month of calculus, that sort of stuff. Um, I personally didn't take AP tests, but I had a lot of friends who did and they said that was a wild experience. So I just think a lot of us were using this month as a kind of build up to the rigor of college academics. And then it felt like we came from this really high place and all of a sudden we were at rock bottom again. We had to build our way back up academically. So it was probably hard, the hardest part for me. And what about things that you've missed? Like there were, so for people who do not know, you attend at the same school that my son does. And it is very rooted in tradition as I am sure all high schools are. So there were things like for our school, it's a really big deal to go into National Honor Society, for instance, because it's not just an application, it's an application and an essay and something like 17 recommendations between leadership people and teachers and those things. But then part of what would have been that recognition ceremony that is now pushed to the fall for those who were selected was also a special mass for graduating seniors. And there were various little milestones. Have you all managed to capture those things online or are they just a part of what will become COVID history? So we were lucky enough to have prom before everything happened, but most of the things that we missed out on later on in the year, we didn't really get a chance to make up. Um, like I mentioned earlier, our senior trip got canceled. There's no plans for any of that. Um, senior picnic, which is supposed to be the day that you go in for graduation practice, which is a big thing. We all like sit around and um, eat crawfish, kind of chat. It's kind of like a last hurrah kind of thing. We didn't have the chance to do that, which was something I was really looking forward to. Um, and again, like you said, NHS mass, that was a really big thing. I had like my outfit planned and everything. <laughs> and then that there's just no way for us to move that kind of ceremony online. So we got our stoles mailed to us with a note that was like, congratulations, you did it. <laughs> and you did, but maybe not quite the fanfare. And now you are looking forward to college and Ole Miss in particular. We'll talk about how you decided to go there in a minute, but they are now looking at what will be a combination of virtual and in-person classes. How do you feel about that? It's gonna be different, but it's better than, I mean, we've already been told it's not gonna be entirely online. So, I mean, it's, it's better than I think any of us were hoping for. So I'm just trying to look at it from a positive perspective, just like I'm gonna be on campus, I'm gonna have classes, I'm gonna have some parts of everything that's going to still be in person, so. So maybe a different experience, but still a campus experience, we think. Hopefully. <laughs> As of this moment, and we are now recording early July for a series that, for those, maybe we didn't share this in the beginning, is that this will chronicle your adventures, shall we say, through formal recruitment this year. 
I think adventures is a little bit of, I, I think that's acceptable <laughs> in this case, um, particularly because we know it will be different. But let's talk first about how you decided to choose Ole Miss. It is my alma mater. I would love to think that I had something to do with it, although I recognize probably not so much. Talk a little bit about why you decided to go to Ole Miss. Well, indirectly, you probably had a little more sway in it than you think, because I probably wouldn't have thought to apply to Ole Miss if my older sister hadn't attended. Um, I applied to a bunch of universities, um, but I had visited Ole Miss, and I knew I loved it, and when everything kind of happened, I, I knew I had been there, I knew I loved it, I knew I would be comfortable there, and a lot of the other places that I applied, I hadn't had the opportunity to visit yet, so I knew that I would be... I knew I'd be happy at Ole Miss, so that's kind of what made the decision for me. So it's interesting that you say that because a lot of the research, and it is all sort of this based on what we know, how it will affect the people going to school in the fall, and you have actually outlined one of the things that the Chronicle of Higher Education shared with us back, oh my gosh, now it feels like years ago, it was probably only a few weeks or a couple of months ago that said that a lot of people who looked at places out of state were now looking toward their home state and to places where they could return to family should they need to, should this crisis continue and should the pandemic require everyone to return home and that it there was a greater propensity for students not to attend or if they attended to attend schools much closer in geography to their home than originally anticipated. I love that I had a little something to do with it. Everyone knows that Oxford is one of my very favorite places on the planet. I had a wonderful experience there. And of course, I loved it when your sister decided to go to school there. I also love that, that she has had a wonderful experience such that you were inspired to also consider that on your list. So let's talk about that for a second, because that means that you are a legacy to AOPI. I know two things about that. I know, number one, that you are absolutely not your sister. I think to um, say anything other than that, even that's a little bit of an understatement. You two, for as much as you look alike visually, you are 100% not the same people. But then you are also aware that our organization, as well as many others, are no longer managing our legacy policies in quite the same way. In the spirit of creating openness with respect to diversity, equity, and inclusion, many of our organizations um, on campus, at on this as well, have decided that our legacies will not be given preferential treatment, which means you will be given the same consideration as anyone else going through formal recruitment. I wonder if you have any feelings about that one way or the other going into it? Well, I, I'm not, honestly, I like it. I don't want to say necessarily that I like it better, but it's a little bit comforting for me actually to realize that they're looking at me as my own person and not just my sister's sister. Like that I'm going into it as, I'm going into it as Abigail, not the sister of the senior or <laughs> that sort of stuff. That they're actually looking at me and saying, okay, we want her to be a part of the sisterhood. For the record, for everyone listening, I did not prompt you to say that answer, <laughs> although I do love it because, as you know, I have two boys, and one of them many years ago, in response to someone who said, you must be Aiden's younger brother, 
He looked right at them and said, no, I am Wyatt Combs. And I thought, okay, there might be a little bit of of me (laughs) in him, and that's fine. Um, So I do love this for you because you are not your sister. And yet you will be following in said footsteps and going to Ole Miss. Talk to me a little bit about why you decided to go Greek. Yeah, so I I have watched my older sister go through the process, um, and she just had such a great experience with it. And then my high school counselor was also Greek. She also had a fantastic experience with it. And I knew that I wanted to be a part of something within the university that was that was going to be something that I could not only feel connected to, but something that I could get involved with, um, that could I could, that I could use to um, kind of help the community. And I know that there's a lot of uh, philanthropic kind of stuff within the Greek community. So let me ask you this. We know a few things about formal recruitment at Ole Miss right now. We know that it's going to be what we now call a hybrid, we think. So as of this moment, it's going to be what we call a hybrid. I do believe that actually changes daily. And it will be such that the first couple of rounds we expect, there are, what, four total rounds. So there is a Greek day where you will go to all 10 chapters on campus. Virtually, at this point, there is a philanthropy round we have a sisterhood round and then preference before midday. So four rounds in total. What we think is that definitely the first one, probably the second, maybe the third, will be a virtual. The second and third may have a greater opportunity to be in person, and we hope that preference will be in person, we think. Of course, all of this is based on all the numbers that come between now and then, and the safety and health of the students, both the people participating as potential new members, but also all of the people that are helping to create this process. So my question is, does that create any additional anxiety for you, knowing that it is going to be so different, or how does that shift your thought process? It's it's definitely going to be different, and I know that coming across, um, across a screen is different than talking to someone in person but I feel like I mean at this point we spent the last four months with (laughs) most communication online so I feel like at this point it's not not super anxiety inducing just because I feel like at this point we're very used to it so I'm it feels more normal than if all of the sudden out of the blue somebody was like okay you're gonna do this over Skype it would be completely different but at this point it's been kind of worked up to be the natural response. (laughs) That's fair. So tell me, what are you, outside of the fact that this will very likely be a virtual hybrid in-person experience, what are you most anxious about when it comes to recruitment? Well, I guess um, whenever you're going through something like that, it's kind of just putting yourself out there like, hey, this is who I am. Who do Which group am I going to mesh with? There's always just a little bit of anxiety with that, it's like the first day of school all over again, where you're like, hi, <laughs> please be my friend. <laughs> yes. What are you most looking forward to about the process? I really am excited to meet new people. I, I've been at a very small high school for the past five years. 
So I'm really looking forward to having the opportunity to just talk to a bunch of people, um, meet new people, and kind of connect to people on campus. Especially because, like we've said, so many of my classes are going to be online. So this is going to be a great opportunity to actually get some, to have some sort of contact with other people. Absolutely. Now, for people who don't realize, um, where we live and work and be, the high school starts in eighth grade. So that experience has been five years for you, and you are now about to embark on this whole new experience that will be very long should you go to <laughs> medical school. We're talking about another decade and change here. So I think back to when I went through formal recruitment, and I was a first-generation Greek person, so I did not understand I mean, I knew about the process. Certainly, I went through the orientation and, and all of the good things that come with that. But I was also, I don't think I was as well researched as this generation is because we didn't particularly have the internet access where you could just click into all of the organizations and learn what you meshed with. You mentioned philanthropy, what philanthropies they support, what you might find your place with. And we always talk about how even though the process is a lot, and I think it's an understatement to say it's even just a lot, because with each round, and, and women who are listening to this probably have either gone through the process or on the other side. Um, as you know, it is designed to connect with the women of AOPI, our sisters, our friends in the greater Panhellenic world and beyond, but it is still, a harrowing experience. Like if you think you've clicked with a couple of women and then for whatever reason you're not invited back into that space, it hurts your feelings. Like even if you understand how the numbers work and that there are, you know, so many different considerations that go into it, I have always felt like you really do end up where you're intended to be. And if you give it that chance, then you can see that same end result. But I wonder, as someone who is about to go into that process, do you really buy into that theory or not? Particularly having seen your sister go through it, who I will remind you, I did not know would be an AOPI until the very end. Our rule was that after each round, that she would not, I was serving as an international officer at the time, but that she would not tell me what she had ranked as far as her preferences in chapters, nor would I ask, and that I would not call anyone in AOPI to find out because that would so just not be the thing to do. And I will make that commitment with you as we go through this. But I do wonder, having seen her experience that, do you feel comfortable going into this that where you land is kind of your home. I definitely, I do, because I feel like Constance has really found her home in AOPI. And uh, my, a teacher from my high school used to say, um, you get out of something what you're willing to put into it. And that's kind of the attitude I'm taking towards the Rush experience. Like if I'm willing to be myself and open myself up to the possibility of maybe not meshing with other groups in the chance, in the hope of finding that perfect place. I really think that I will end up finding my home. Now, as you say that with quotes, <laughs> and, and that is very true. So, I do, obviously, you are familiar with AOPI. You mentioned our friend Miss Short, who is a member of another Panhellenic organization, and I love and adore her. I think she was one of the greatest counselors my child has ever had. I know you feel the same way. Your aunt is a member of yet another 
NPC organization. Shout out to ants. We love them everywhere. Tell me, I mean, obviously, you know about AOPI, but there are many homes available, particularly on campus at Ole Miss, there are 10 that are available to you. I don't want to assume, but I do have to ask, like you will look outside of AOPI and consider that, I would imagine, because while I love and adore your sister, you, as we shared earlier, are not the same person. Y'all are very, very unique and different individuals, and I love that about you. And for those who don't know, my dear friends know that my gift to the four goddaughters is your badge of initiation. Of course, I love that the first two have been to AOPI, but I would certainly buy one of any Panhellenic organization as long as your happiness, you know, it, that's where it landed, right? But I do wonder, having your connection to AOPI, what do you, how do you approach the other organizations and considering them as part of that greater collective? So I'm definitely, I have to keep in mind that I'm inherently a little biased towards AOPI. <laughs> Some of my favorite people are AOPIs. <laughs> That's fair. I appreciate that. I hope I'm among them. <laughs> of course. Um, but I'm still trying to keep an open mind about it and try, because I know that, like you've said, like we've said a million times, Constance and I are very, very different people. So I'm trying to just open myself up to the possibility that maybe I'll find a bit better fit somewhere, but I'm just going to keep an open mind um, about the groups that I haven't had the opportunity to meet and get as deeply involved with. So... So from the perspective of a potential new member, will you do research in advance on the organizations? Definitely. So what does that look like? Do you go to social media? And, and to be fair, just to be clear, this will not air until after you have pledged somewhere. So anyone listening can't go and like change social media platforms <laughs> or anything like that. But, but what will be your primary means of gathering information about all of us? I'm just curious. Like, is it like when I think about research, I immediately Google or go online and search like Alpha Omicron Pi or NPC or whatever. What will be, how will you find information about all of us that will help inform your decisions? So when I was researching colleges, my go-to thing would always be the About Us page and like whenever, especially whenever there's a, um, what we're looking for in a candidate kind of thing. Like I remember there were a couple of universities that I read, they had little blurbs about, this is what the typical student here looks like. This is like the typical qualities of this student. Um, so I would always read those kinds of things to see, can I find myself fitting in with that sort of thing? Are those qualities that I share? So I feel like that's probably also something I'm going to look at. Um, also, uh, charities and things like that, just different things that they do with the community, um, and just stuff like that. I know that if I can f speak to or reach out to people specifically at that university in those groups, it'll be a better way of... Um, connecting it than just a member at a different university, if that makes any sense. Sure. But um, there's no easy easy way to reach out to people like that. So I think just mostly websites. Well, the wonderful part about that is that once you are officially registered, we have a fabulous new um, policy, the Positive Panhellenic Contact Policy. So it, the goal is to get all women to be a part of formal recruitment, to engage in the process to get to know who we are as individuals and we are for the first time 
I will say in history, that's probably not true. It is probably just many, many years. Um, usually we go into a very silent phase where members of our organizations cannot reach out to potential new members. And this year, particularly because of the pandemic, we have changed those rules. It is not designed for women of AOPI to reach out to you and say, we want you to be an AOPI. AOPI is the best chapter, right? It is designed for women of all organizations to say, we think this could be a part of your college experience that could change your life, and we want you to consider this process and get registered. That is me saying, consider this process and get registered because I know you haven't yet, even though you have grand intentions of doing so. But so I think that that is one of the things that has changed very, very significantly this year is that women like yourself who are able to consider this and, and look to it now can have contact with other organizations and the women inside of them to learn more when before we couldn't. And so the goal is to have a different kind of outreach so that women who are considering what they want to do on campuses and are starting to do their research realize that Greek life is open and available to them and that women will reach out to you to discuss the possibility of registering. Again, not on behalf of their specific organizations, but on behalf of, I know we are having this conversation because you were looking toward Greek life, right? But the goal is for you to remain engaged so that you actually click to register so that you can be a part of that process. So I will, of course, be reminding you of that, as will others, I'm sure, in your life. But what we will do from here is a little bit different. And that is that after each round of recruitment has ended, you and I will connect to record a new episode. Where you are, what are your thoughts, what was this experience like, what you loved, what maybe you didn't. I would imagine some of these conversations will have a bit of an edge because, I mean, I still remember the day that I thought I had completely connected with a group of women. AOPI was also among them, but in like my top five, at the time, and then when their invitation didn't come back to me, I was devastated. I obviously feel like it has worked out beautifully, and I'm glad that it did work out the way it happened, but that still stings, right? And then you have to trust the process and know that there was a reason, right? Whatever that may be. So I would imagine some of these conversations will be a little bit edgy, and yet you have agreed to have them with me so that we can follow your journey. So the next time we talk will be after group day, which we know now, we think we know now, will be all virtual. Is there anything else that you want to share with us as you get ready for this experience before we record again? I'm just really excited to get started. I'm, I'm ready to be on campus, ready to ready to start. <laughs> I love this about you. Thank you. Abigail, thank you for this conversation, but thank you for allowing me to follow you and to share what this is going to look like, particularly in this time for all of our women. I appreciate you very much. Thank you for having me. And for all of you out there, as always, thank you for listening. And until next time, stay safe and be well. Mm-hmm.